righty. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone, regardless of where you are, what time it is. This is Howard Sapp with Now You Know, and we are here to um, just have a fun, wonderful, wonderful time, talk about some stuff, um, kind of bring you up to speed on, on where we are with a few things and uh, kind of hit those, uh, you know, pretty much those hot topics right now, which we're going to do today. Um, and we're going to just kind of enjoy. And, and we certainly, certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, again, if you ever have any questions or send an email or whatever the case, you know, certainly send those emails in, send those questions in. And even if you'd like to come on the show, we're certainly um, in, invited and open to all uh, that we can just have a wonderful uh, and a good conversation. You know, we don't always have to agree. You know, but we can agree to disagree, you know, but at least we're having a conversation and at least we're talking. So, um, again, that is always open to you. And um, I want to introduce or, or at least uh, mention my, my co-host, Dr. Cindy Banye. She's here uh, giving a shout out and just uh, having a good conversation with us. Go ahead and tell people, hey, Ms. Hey. All right, Cindy Banyer here. And if you do want to send those questions, comments in, you can email us at info at bigmouthmediafl.com mm -hmm. and we can field those questions for you, send them over to Howard. And yeah, if you're interested in coming on the show, having a conversation, we'd certainly be open to that. Yeah. And I was just going to say, it is hot. Oh, in Florida definitely. and around the world. Hot, hot, hot. We're looking at the, the hottest July in recorded history that we're that living through true. right now. That is true. And I it mean, may be the coolest one moving forward. Boom. Boom. You never know. You know, <sighs> but it's, it's crazy because, you know, we're, we're talking about how hot it is here. But then if you, you know, trek a little farther west, you know, there, I think, was it, was it Phoenix or Vegas saying that they have not had a day under, what was it, 110? You know, as far as there and, and and that's their temperature, you know, so not not the feels like and stuff like that. So it's it's you know, it is hot, you know, and yep. hey, it, and it, we just had water temperature in Key West recorded at almost 102 degrees. Was it 102? Because I know yep. here it was like 91. Yep. So wow. Key West is a little bit further south from us, but yeah, so right. heat waves across the United States, heat waves across Europe, all over the world mm -hmm. being deadly too, by the way. Yes. And scientists have come out with recent research basically saying, yes, this is climate change. Mm -hmm. And the official figure is that this was a thousand times more likely to happen, this deadly heat wave, than mm -hmm. without human fueled climate change wow. so that, that, that climate is, deniers need to go ahead and take a seat i know right you know and, it, and it, 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 it it's really funny you know how people can say that well this didn't happen because of this and i mean but like we've always said and even when they you know did covid and they're saying you know just follow the science you know but people are so you know I guess, hell-bent on trying to hold on to what they want to project as true or um, say that someone is trying to um, say something that's wrong or say something that, you know, fool, I mean, not necessarily fool, well, just tell the untruth. You know, they, they, don't, well, want, yeah. they don't want people to know that, that climate change is real and what we do in our environment and with our climate, it's, it's going to affect us down the line. And people really, really still have a problem with that. And it's like, it's just slapping them in the face, but they still have a problem with it. Well, it's because people have been misled because there's been <laughs> millions and millions of dollars pumped in to misinformation and misdirection mm -hmm. campaigns by the oil industries over the past 40, 50 years mm -hmm. to convince people that it's their own consumption. It's you, if you recycle, it's fine, you know? Um, and the truth of the matter is, is fossil fuels are 
have been a major contributor, we would well, not be here today yes. without this. And uh, it's there's big corporate interests that have been behind it and confusing mm -hmm. people because confusion leads to inaction. And that was the whole point. Yes. All they had to do was sow enough doubt so that uh, some people would say, hey, I'm not sure about this. But mm -hmm. the, the fact is the scientists have a huge amount of consensus around it. In fact, mm -hmm. one scientist who was reviewing this recently re uh, reported piece on attributing this recent spat of heat waves to mm -hmm. climate change said this is boring because we know this. This is the science <laughs> telling us what we knew. Right. what we predicted and it happened it she's like happened. this does not contribute to the knowledge we know this but we have to be explicit because of the misinformation and disinformation that's been pumped out by the mm -hmm. oil industry that is true you know and, and like you say you know the, the the misinformation uh the you know the dis you know just pumping out you know tons and tons of um information that certainly is not true and bringing about uh the confusion that's going to make people hesitate but you know in doing that that also continues to put money in their pocket because if you're not going to take the action, you know, then things are going to remain pretty much status quo. You know, so as they, as they remain status quo, you continue to make money, you continue to do these things, you continue to destroy the environment, but you put just enough um, doubt and hesitation into people's thinking to say, well, maybe, maybe not. So, well, let, let's not look at this or let's not act too quickly. But I mean, really, I mean, it's been what a number of years and, and and it's time for us to really wake up and smell the coffee um i know it's I, here I, and especially yeah. us in florida we are seeing a sea level rise mm -hmm. that is coming that is happening we already saw the supercharged hurricane ian destroy our beach our area here in lee mm -hmm. county and fort myers that was absolutely attributed to climate change and the amount of rain that came with it that's attributed to climate change and so i think that we need to have yeah some hard looks and we need people who are willing to look at that and not just do what their donors from the oil industry tell them to do no i, I totally totally agree with you on that um and then we look at because of all of the things that's happening like you say with the heat um with the um, you know, water water level rising and stuff, but yet and still, still in some areas because of the heat, you know, you have a lot of our canals and everything beginning to dry up. Wells are running dry, and people okay. now are you know kind of losing out, and, and it's going to cost you know a ton of money. Um, and I think even over in Cape Coral, um, they had a big uh, big article on that and a big uh, news story on that as far as um, this one lady's well is drying up, but she's not the only one. But that is part of the problem, and that's going to continue to happen because of the fact that we have all of this stuff that's going on. Uh, we're still able; they're, they're still able to pump stuff into or pump extra nutrients into our water system without being challenged, without being um, brought to you know pretty much you know right. Lot, yeah, lot and Cape Coral and, and accountability. So yeah, not only do we have the wells going dry in Cape Coral, but we have really extremely damaging and harmful cyanobacteria, mm -hmm. blue-green yeah. algae throughout the yeah. canals that are getting trapped in the canals. Blue-green algae, of course, causes respiratory issues. It right. can actually mm -hmm. kill small animals. It starves the water itself of oxygen. So mm -hmm. you have things like 
low growth of seagrass, which causes starvation of manatees. So right. there's a ton of different problems. It looks disgusting, by the way. It's like I know it does. It does. It is guacamole nasty. looking nasty stuff, stuff like in people's backyards, <laughs> and it gets trapped because of the way that all the canals are built in Cape mm -hmm. Coral. And they have been trying some innovative ways, bubble curtains and right, crap like that. They're really just like boondoggles for for people, uh, vendors and things like that. Because the 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 truth of the matter is is we had a state legislature that rolled back the ability of localities to stop fertilizer mm -hmm. bans, right? Yes. So we, could, yes. we used to be able to have fertilizer bans. We can't. These are nutrient fed. So it is coming from agriculture, mm -hmm. but also individual lawns. We are looking at um, also golf courses, things like that. So your fertilizers, yes. as they run into the, the water, into the, the Clusahatchee, mm -hmm. they're causing this cyanobacteria to grow, this harmful algal bloom. And mm -hmm. We've been cut off our ability here in local areas that are fighting against this, the ability to to try to have some recourse on it. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the big polluters like agriculture always getting a pass. Oh yes, de de definitely. You got you got big sugar out there in Florida, you know. So, um, and just in case you guys have not um, heard or done, there is a petition out, clean water petition. If you have not signed, please find find uh, someone you know that's. Uh, that has a petition for you to sign somewhere. Somebody should be somewhere in your local area, you know, that you can go and sign the clean water petition because we really, really want to continue to push clean water and making sure that everybody, everybody has the right to clean water and are offered, you know, that without having to worry about the health issues for, like I said, your animals, small kids, elderly with underlying uh, health conditions and that type of thing. So it's very, very important that we push and we begin to sign and we begin to uh, influence legislation so that we can make sure that everybody is healthy and remains healthy and have access to clean water. Right. Let me tell you a couple places you can find that. You can find that on the Florida Right to Clean Waters Facebook mm -hmm. page or website. You can find that on the Democratic Environmental Caucus page. You can actually find a link to sign the petition, print it out, uh, print out the petition, sign it and send it in yourself on the Florida Democratic Party's website as well. Mm -hmm. This is an initiative that we think is really important and it puts into the state constitution the right to every Floridian to have clean water. So it protects us, the people from pollution. And that is what has not been happening in Florida. That is so true. That is so true. That is so true. So again, you know, make sure you guys uh, look up the petition, sign them, get those in, whatever you need to do. We have to make sure that we, again, influence good legislation, you know. So uh, one of the things we're going to talk about Kind of Speaking of good legislation or bad legislation. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We want to push. Howard says something on his mind. <laughs> we want to push good legislation. That's what I'm saying. We don't. We don't want this stuff that we have going on now. Um, and one of the things we're going to talk about is, uh, you know, our educational system. You know, and now with looking at, you know, our um, African American education and uh, and our historical. Uh, education and how that's being now taught and the approval of changing the curriculum uh, for how <laughs> how they teach or or the advantages <laughs> that is so crazy of slavery you know and it this is. is something that you know when when I first heard it I'm like what you know an, an advantage you know to a slave you know slavery was you know a benefit for and 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 I really, I mean, it, it, it threw me for a minute, but, you know, I look at this and I say, okay, you know, for those that, and, and I would just say, and, and I understand it's more than, you know, uh, white that's in legislation, more than black in legislation, but I'll just say at this particular time, 
for anyone that's of color, not just black, but anyone that's of color, because slaves were not just black. Slaves weren't just African-Americans. I mean, you had some Hispanics, you had some Asians, you know, so slavery, you know, uh, affected a, quite a number of people. But to say that this was something of a benefit for them and for any African-American to really, and for, for, as far as I'm concerned, for any African-American to sign off on this, I mean, that is totally ludicrous, you know, because to me, it's, you look at your grandparents, your great grandparents and, and, and their ancestry on down the line and the things that they had to endure, the things that they had to go through, the things that was put upon them. And then you want to say that this was a benefit because of the fact that and I think the um, the legislation or, or the curriculum says the benefit is they they were taught or they learned skills. The skills were blacksmith, uh, carpentry, um agriculture, you know, this is what they said that they, they learned. So they gained all these skills. And one of the things that really, this is one of the things that hit me. And, and I have a couple of examples uh, and I'm gonna let you jump in. I have a couple of examples that I, that I was saying, okay, so now you're telling me that, you know, all of the brutality that you're putting me through that I, and, and all of the, the beatings and all of the hangings and all of, you know, separating my family and all of these things here that you're putting me through, putting my family through, I'm supposed to say that, well, but you, you taught me, um, you know, how to be a blacksmith or you taught me agriculture or I learned agriculture. And I looked at, I said, well, what about spousal abuse? So if you take, um, Spousal abuse, you know, a man beating a woman, a man really doing what he can do as far as spousal abuse is concerned, you're going to say, but this was a benefit to her because she learned how to, you know, think for herself. You know, she learned, how, you know, she, she learned how to, you know, um, find resources that she needed, you know, and all of these things. Here. So, you know, it, it was, was spousal abuse. Is, is that a benefit? You know, is, is that, you know, skills that she's learning? Okay, well, well, let's look at, um, you know, child slave trade. You know, let's look at sweatshops. You put all of these people, all these kids into these particular areas, but you're teaching them, well, we're teaching you how to sew, we're teaching you how to fix, you know, tennis shoes, we're teaching all of these things here. So is this a benefit for them? Yeah. But I guarantee that nobody would say, yes, it's a benefit. I guarantee that no woman would say being abused by anybody is of a benefit to me because of the fact that, I know now the resources that I can do. I know how to take care of myself. I learned self-defense. Oh, oh, so that's the benefit? Really? Yeah, and honestly, a victim finding strength in adversity is very much different than a perpetrator yes. saying that it was okay. Like, yes. these are different things, okay? But let's roll back. So this is a new and updated curriculum that has been mm -hmm. put in place by the Florida Board of Education. This is the oversight body in the state of Florida that oversees mm -hmm. all of the independently elected and run school boards across the state. Basically, it's the right. state standards for education, right. specifically exactly. related to the middle school social studies curriculum. Mm -hmm. So it's the seventh and eighth grade curriculum that says that they're and it's one of their benchmarks, essentially, of like right. what exactly. they're supposed yeah. to learn, yeah. right? I had an opportunity to look at it and, and, I, and I saw it, but yes. Yes. So, um, and what it says is that there was a personal benefit to slavery and it was the learning of skills. And mm -hmm. what this basically boils down to is not only just the perpetuation of white supremacy, which is the, <laughs> the system from which slavery came from, right? right. And, mm -hmm. and 
if you've read the 1619 project, if you haven't, you should, if you have, right. you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying is that this, the, the whole actual history of how slavery was developed to be mm -hmm. a race-based system and Howard's being very charitable saying that there were other types of folks in race in in slavery there were in various capacities there was indentured servitude there was mm -hmm. a kind of slavery that happened in the turn of or the late 1800s with Chinese mm -hmm. folks but yeah. African chattel slavery was a system that was developed by the British by the French yep. bringing people who were captured in some way shape or form from Africa to work mm -hmm. in in slave labor mm -hmm. in the United States, in the Caribbean, and in South America and other places as well. Yes, okay, right. but it was instituted in the United States, and and then from that point, it we built systems based on race around it. Okay, so yes. that's what when we say that there's systemic racism in the United States, mm -hmm. that's really what it goes back down goes to, back right? To it's, mm -hmm. it's that we built a system. That, by the way, made the United States the, some of the most profitable colonies on oh, British yes. rule. Okay, yes. enabled the American Revolution, developed the country itself through sugar, cotton, mm -hmm. and other crops that were grown across the South. And after the Haitian Revolution, the the leaders in the United States, the white leaders in essentially colonial apartheid America, were super worried <laughs> that mm -hmm. there was right. going to be a massive and organized uprising. So from that point on, there was a significant amount of laws, including the very creation of our policing systems, that sought to oppress Black people yeah. in slavery. And then once even after they were freed, because of the ratio of Black people to white people who were landed elite and in power it was mm -hmm. always a fear-based system and what this does in terms of the the discussion in florida is not only perpetuate the concept of white supremacy but it starts to ameliorate what otherwise at this point in time is a pretty disgusting way to think about things mm -hmm. and changing it into white saviorism right you're right now, mm -hmm. I've been hearing this for a very long time, going back to my days as a child, listening to my dad, listen to Rush Limbaugh on AM radio. Okay. <laughs> but this concept that black Americans, African-Americans benefited from slavery is one that's been around for a while. Oh, In yeah. fact, I've heard tropes along the lines of, oh, well, this is, you know, better to be a slave in the United States than where it's like, a democracy and you know got a big economy mm -hmm. versus free in africa so this idea that that actually white enslavers were helping africans simply by abducting them and bringing them here right and yeah. that was a great thing so not only so not only is it just you're getting skills howard it's <laughs> that you just are damn lucky that you're here right, yeah, 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 you're, you're, you're so lucky that i got you that i caught you you know that i'm putting you on a ship and letting you you know sit there in your feces and stuff like that on a ship mm -hmm. for you know three weeks or so um, you know, and you, you may make it or you may not, but that's okay. You know, but you are so lucky that I got you. Right, exactly. And that's, that's how ludicrous it is. But this is, so this is uh, basically a psychological coping mechanism mm -hmm. of modern day white Americans of how they can rationalize something as disgustingly brutal as the African chattel slavery that built the United States. No, I, I, I told, I totally, totally agree with you, you know, there. And, you know, for them to 
look at you know a system to where you're taking like you so say you you look at history and they're taking history you know and my thing is you know based on what information are you saying that this was a benefit you know where do you get this information you know how 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 where is the rationale you do a you know, survey do they do a survey? Do they do like a, yeah, a pre and post test of skills? That, that that's it. You know, so did, no, did you just back, it up. You know, in, in the you know back in the twenties and thirties and uh, you know back in eighteen hundreds? Did you say you know well you know what do you think about slavery? You know, was this good, bad? You know, and different. You know, on a scale of one to ten, you know, you know one being the lowest, ten being the highest. You know, where do you where do you where, where do you put slavery at? You know, as far as you know your your, your self development. You know, for your self development. You know, and you know really <laughs> getting out and doing yeah. What where, where where, where do you put slavery? You know, it's, and, and this and, is a, this is a psychological salve for modern day racists. That's what this that's is. It. That's like it. It's not, it's, it's okay. Cause like they were better afterwards. Right. Exactly. There, there you go. Yeah. They, and, they were, and it, what's sick is teaching this to children. That's the part right. we're facing in Florida. Right. And, and, and that's one of the big things that, you know, I have issue with, you know, well, no, I mean the whole thing, you know, but they're teaching this to children, you know, to say that, this is what this was. And, and my thing is with this, when I looked at the, and then even in at the school board, and I can't remember, and then I'll have to look it up again, bringing in the, well, you got the Florida constitution, got your United States constitution, but also in the, um, in the, uh, the school board and some of their, one of the um, things that they have in there is holding someone, you know, as far as pornography, you're not supposed to take that in school because it's harmful and, and anything else that is harmful and detrimental to the kids, that's not supposed to be in school. And for me, and, and this is one of the things that, you know, I'm going to continue to push, you know, that parents need to be able to, or parents need to start getting involved in their kids' education. Because if you don't agree with this, you have the right, according to Florida, and they just did, you know, the, the parents' right, you know, you have a right to go in and say you don't agree with this particular um, lesson, this this curriculum, mm -hmm. this. You can do that, you know, and they have to listen to you. So we, we have to make sure that we push this, you know, as hard as we can to make sure that we can bring about some good change because this is ludicrous as far as what they're doing and what they're trying to do. And just like you say, you know, it's, you know, such a systematic piece, you know, to where they're trying to bring all of these things, you know, via the system to make it legal, you know, and then kind of go from there. So they're not saying we're out of, we're out on the streets, you know, preaching racism. We're not, you know, this is not the KKK coming around and doing this or the, you know, this particular uh, white supremacist group coming around and doing this. You're making this legal as far as this particular piece is concerned. And you want to push this so that you can and I'm not sure what they're afraid of. I, I really don't know. Do you want to know what my take on this is? Do you want to know what my take on this? So because this is part of, I believe, a broader strategy to continue to befuddle and dismantle public education in the state of Florida. So mm -hmm. we know that the Florida legislature over the last 20 years, basically since they, they brought in the lottery in the state of Florida, mm -hmm. the lottery was meant to supplement the, the right, education exactly. budget, by yes. the way. Yes. And what they did is they just replaced the, the state budget yep. with the lottery money. So, exactly. so our kids have been getting less and less when they were supposed to be getting more. more. And we take that on top of the charter school push, which we saw out of this previous legislative session, basically the complete ability, um, the complete 
defunding of the public schools so that any student can take a voucher a system to to any public or private charter school or private mm-hmm. school across the state of Florida and they can take their dollars with them which right. sounds kind of good if you, if you're just a parent but what that does is it is it makes the schools have to function on less money oh and by mm-hmm. the way those kids still have the ability the legal right to access things like arts, education, sports, and the facilities mm-hmm. at those public schools, but without the dollars. So this yeah. is a big problem. There's been a lot of push to defund the education here in the state of Florida. And I mm-hmm. personally think that the the bonus, the whipped cream on top, essentially of this anti-woke parental rights nonsense mm-hmm. is that people like you and me are going to look in there. We're going to find these little squirrely loopholes. We're going to go after mm-hmm. them for stuff like this. And all this is going to do is cause more chaos, more mm-hmm. distrust, and and further erode our, our trust in the public schools and their ability to function. And it's a shame because I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't fight and shouldn't stand up. I'm absolutely saying that. But mm-hmm. I think the, the tendency for people will be to, oh, I'm going to send my kid to another school or I'm going to do this or right. or homeschool or whatever. Right. Like and but that's kind of actually what their ultimate mm-hmm. end goal for doing this stuff is. Mm-hmm. And and. I think it's a it's a shame. This is actually, by the way, one of the biggest tenets of the far right fiscal conservatives, your Tea mm-hmm. Party folks, your libertarian folks. They hate public education, right? Um, yeah. And especially mm-hmm. if you, I mean, you want to throw the racism component in it. Public education <laughs> came up and was a big push from in the Reconstruction era of right. like how do we help our kids, right, and children uh, who were enslaved become part of you know, mainstream society. And that's by giving them an education. So public education has always been a target for those with underlying racist intentions. And it always Mm -hmm. has been a target for fiscal conservatism. And we're seeing this confluence of these assholes, excuse me, um, (laughs) in the Florida legislature. And so this is what we're getting right now. No, I mean, I, I totally agree with you, you know, to the sense that, you know, you know, one of the things that they do want to do, just like you say, you know, defunding, um, you know, education. And, and and it's amazing how just like you were talking about, you know, what the lottery was supposed to do, you know, and everybody, you know, the lottery is going to be like you said, you know, some 20, 30 years ago, you know, the lottery is going to, you know, really give our schools, you know, all the money goes to education, all the money goes to education. And like, say, okay, no, you didn't necessarily lie, you know, but yeah, you know, but people but, didn't think they were going to take the other funding away. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, your, your transparency was not there, and and that's one of the right. biggest things that you know you can see. And and with like you say, with the far right, and um, with the way that they're acting and the way that they do business, you can't trust them as far you know as far as you can throw them. You know, because of the fact that, like you say, it's 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 embedded in the system. You know, and that's what they're trying to do, making sure that it's not you know, readily, we're just not out on the street, you know, and shouting from a bullhorn or anything like that to say this, but they're embedding it in the system so that they can, um, as far as, you know, everything else is concerned, as far as the system piece, as far as the systematic, making sure that, you know, again, like I said, they don't want to, um, they don't, they don't want, want you to know that they're dismantling the public education system. Exactly. They don't want you to realize that the point is to privatize it. But we have, for instance, our congressman, Byron Donald, his wife runs a foundation mm-hmm. that sets up charter schools, takes an 11% in perpetuity of the funds raised from those charter schools, funneling it right back in. The whole point is to transfer those public dollars into private coffers. It's right. always been the point. And 
they don't tell you that they they put it up and they say oh it's for our kids and it's for better it's, it's classical education it's you know we're going to help kids do x y and z they don't have any state standards uh mm -hmm. you can hire anybody to be a teacher you don't have to provide accommodation for students that are protected by the way under public education so any student with a disability a learning disability um adhd asd whatever does not have to get any sort of specialized education or support right in the charter schools like they do in the public schools and um it's very disheartening that people don't realize it because it's it, they have the the biggest thing that these schools often do is market it's marketing it's flashy right. marketing right right, um, right. and it's all because people are trying to make a buck off of it and our kids are the ones that get hurt right that, that's it and, and that's like you said you know the bottom line is they're trying to um like you said, just make money. And, and the, the bottom line for them is money. You know, and if I can get, you know, as many kids in here, you know, and have, you know, a, attach a dollar sign to it, you know, then, hey, I'm, I'm going to be good, you know, but the transparency, you know, the honesty, you know, the integrity, you know, of the system itself, you know, they totally throw out the window. They totally throw out the window, you know, and that that's one of the things that, uh, we can see, you know, in so many instances and in so many cases, you know, where you have, you know, your Republican, your right wing, you know, they they don't want you to know exactly what they're doing. So they try and hide everything, you know, and 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 make sure they can brush whatever they feel as though, you know, you would see kind of brush that under the rug so that so that they can continue to do what they're doing. Here's another thought that's really um, gross if we think about it. OK, because here's the other thing. We also know that in the state of Florida you know, wealthier students, wealthier children, they will go to public, uh, private schools or things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of our schools, Lee County, for instance, is majority minority. That means more right. than half of the students are either black or Latino and or Latino. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for the students whose parents don't have the means to shuffle them around from school to school, that, that they, they, their, their outlet, their savior, right. Mm -hmm. Is in their only mode of social mobility oftentimes is the public schools mm -hmm. by indoctrinating the students in this false history that basically placates white supremacy, right. Mm -hmm. It creating crops of Brown and black students that, this is what they've been taught. Mm -hmm. All that does is really reinforces that white supremacy. Right. And it never allows them to grow into places where they start to be able to question these systems. Mm -hmm. Right. They're told that this is just the way that it is. And it can get a heck of a lot more insidious than just a benchmark of slaves had personal benefit, right? Um, right? This is kind of like one little tiny tip of that. But mm -hmm. don't think that this is not part of the calculus here. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 part, it's, it's in the formula. It, it's in the formula, definitely. You know, but that's just like you were saying that one of the things that they want to continue to do is keep our kids ill-informed, you know, and, and in spite of, you know, what, you know, they want to say they're they're looking for, or trying to give the kids the best education that they can, they want to do that, you know, up to a point. You know, I'll put it that way. I'll, you know, I'll put it nice. They have good workers. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it nice up up to a point. You know, because like you said, you know, we have in Florida, you know, more minority students than you have anybody else, and you have such a, 
you know, who basically who runs the, the educational system. You rarely have any minorities in any type of authority, you know, or decision making position because mm-hmm. they want to keep them out, you know. So, and then that that that's that's where we are, even as right now as a state, you know. And that's yeah. one of the reasons that we have the legislature that we have now, you know, because of the fact that you know you have what that the gerrymandering of, of the districts and everything and all of those things come into play because of the fact that they want to continue to keep that power in control so that they can move forward with their agenda and, you know, forget about anybody else, forget about the kids, you know, oh, we'll, you know, we'll do what we need to do with that, you know, but want to make sure that we keep that power in control. And like you say, it's built Mm -hmm. into the system. Yeah. Yeah. And of course it's, you know, the, the impetus behind the way that they want education to be designed is, well, they want them to become good workers, but not educated enough to want to fight back or demand more. This is actually, by the way, my biggest problem with people who push vocational education. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, and this is, I want to preface this by saying like, I, I totally think that there's a place for vocational education, for technical education. I think that there are plenty of students and people who that can be a very amazing path for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. I understand that not everybody is cut out for higher education. I get all that. Okay. Mm -hmm. But always, and I'm saying this by the way, as somebody who's researched, done both public research and research in our educational databases over numerous years on workforce education and particularly technical education, okay? Mm-hmm. I've even worked with local technical colleges on how to pro- how to increase completion rates. I've done matching between technical education uh, graduates and our jobs, okay? Mm-hmm. So I am speaking here as like a research-based expert mm-hmm. on technical education. What often happens is that people pigeonhole underperforming students into Mm -hmm. technical education. Those underperforming students more times than not are brown and black and poor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Definitely. And the idea, and this, by the way, goes way back in the discourse between higher education and technical education going all the way back Mm -hmm. to Booker T. Washington. Okay. Like that was the the Mm -hmm. great debate. Booker T. Washington was all about technical education. Right. And W.B. Du Bois was saying that, you know, there, there are the capacity of people who are particularly people who are formerly enslaved to, to get higher levels of education. Uh, Right. mm -hmm. And the idea is what do we value? Do we value the practical technical education or do we value that, people can excel, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm actually in both camps, okay? Right. I do lean towards WB Du Bois, okay? Because I, I'm higher ed, okay? I believe in higher ed. I believe that, you know, people can find a place for themselves and higher ed can be inspired by various types of education if the education is inclusive enough. But what has happened and the big critique going all the way back to Booker T and, and Du Bois is that if you prioritize technical education, There is an inherent racism to it, okay? Because you are now saying this is the highest level that you can go. go. And we do that in our modern education system. That is actually the coded words around the technical education. That's what they're actually saying is Mm -hmm. like, oh, these students, 
they don't really have the capacity to go farther. We need more technical education for them because we're a nation that does manufacturing and this and this and that. And I always come back, by the way, and say, okay, well, what technical education are you talking about? Because we actually have quite a robust vocational and technical education system here in Florida, especially here in Southwest Florida. Okay. Mm -hmm. However, we don't have it very well aligned between the jobs that we have here. That's true. Okay. That's true. So we're graduating, for instance, hundreds more hairdressers than carpenters, which is where we have a need, right? And that has to do with how our system is designed. So it goes back to the policy. We have a terrible way that we fund technical education, mm -hmm. right? So people are getting pilfered out of programs because there's a demand for it, but that means the state won't fund the programs. So what right. ends up happening is you get people who get on track to become a licensed carpenter, right? A, a, mm -hmm. Somebody with a certificate, but then they get offers of a job. And then when that company is done with their project or whatever, those people are out on the street They're and they don't right. have a certificate. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my pitch on this, right? Like, you know, <laughs> let's think about education in total. Let's understand that there are multiple paths to it. Let's remove the components of it that are inherently racist and, and pigeonholing students. Let's take that discussion off the table. Let's not have this whitewash version of history be another way to hold our students back. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely, definitely true. You know, and I, I look at, like you say, the technical education piece and, and I totally agree with you that not every student is going to, like to go to a four-year institution, college and that type of thing. And I, and I understand that, you know, I, I, I get that. Um, but we want to make sure, like you said, that you still give them a chance because regardless of what, you can give a kid a cell phone, you know, and that kid can figure it out, you know, all of the, the apps, the, the the ins and the outs and, you know, how to get into this, how to get into that. You know, you give them a computer, uh, even at school, you know, kids, you give them a, a Chromebook, you know, and they're able to go in and change settings and do this and do that. You know, and a lot of times it's, <laughs> unbeknown to the teacher, unbeknown to administration or whatever the case may be. So kids have the capacity to learn, you know, and like you say, we just have to make sure that we find, you know, that happy medium of how to, right. you know, spark that uh, learning curve or, or that, that, that way that they want to, that they can learn, get that communication piece going so that they could, you know, see how, how they can excel in whatever field they want to go into. Like you say, and, and if it's, you know, carpentry or, or, if it's plumbing, if it's electrician, whatever the case may be, that's fine. That is fine. But we want to make sure that we do give them all of the opportunity that they need to be successful in wherever they want to go and whatever field they want to um, go into. So, And making sure that our, the systems that we develop around them aren't tamping them down right. and putting them into a path that is lot, a lot lower than they could actually excel to. Oh, that's yeah. my whole thing too. Yeah. And I want to see, I want to see, students. but I think that what, that's what happens is when we, when we build these, um, you know, when we tell them, oh, well, you know, yeah, sorry that your, your ancestors were enslaved, but it wasn't that bad, right? There's actually a whole big psychological and self, you know, uh, confidence thing that goes along with it as well. So, you know, I think we have to be very careful about how we do it. And we really need people who are making policy in Tallahassee, who are willing mm -hmm. to acknowledge the truth the true right. history, the true state of our education system, and yep. be willing to work to make it better for the life of the people who are in our education system. That's it. That that, that is so true. You know, and and, and don't be afraid of history. And, and and it's, you know, and I and I do have to agree with um 
uh, President Biden, I heard him today, uh, you know, as he was talking about or at one of the uh, the Emmett Till uh, Memorial uh, today that, that he spoke uh, spoke at. And, you know, he was saying, you know, regardless of what history is, you know, America has good history, bad history, you know, whatever the case may be, but it's history. You know, whether you like it or not, it is what it is, you know, and you can look at anybody and, and you can look at their lives, um, anything that, that you're going to have some struggles, you're going to have some good days, you're going to have some bad days, um, but it's history, you know, and to try and, you know, like you said, whitewash it or negate what happened, it happened, you know, and, and there's nothing that you can do to change what actually happened. But there is things that we can do to move forward to make sure that what happened then doesn't happen here now. And one of the things that um, I, I read, and let me see if I can find it real quick. You know, um, uh, let's see. While you're looking for that, I just want to remind everybody that today is actually would have been Emmett Till's 82nd birthday. That's and true. that is the significance of the announcement of the Emmett and Mamie uh, Till Memorial uh, mm -hmm. on today. And and I think it's also a reminder is, is that this lynching, he was 14 years old at the time, right, yes. for whistling mm -hmm. at a white woman. He was lynched and his mother had an open casket so everybody could see what had happened. Mm -hmm. Done, right? Um, and it was a turning point um, for public support around the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. I think that it's really important for everybody to realize that this was in the lifetime of people who are still with us, right? right? This mm -hmm. happened. The people who killed him could very well still be alive, That's right? Mm -hmm. uh, and this is not some long ago forgotten time. No. This is within lifetimes of people who are still with us right now. So, so we, we have work to do. That's true. That is so true. And, and here's, here's one of the things that one of the things I wanted to read, because I think it's so apropos for, you know, even the conversation that we're having now. And, and it says this, and I know some people like to, it, it, it comes out of the Bible. Some people, you know, listen, read the Bible, some don't, but, but I think it is so apropos. It says for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide that we might have hope. You know, so everything that was written in the past, we have to learn from, you know, mm. and it gives us encouragement and it gives us hope so that we can move forward, you know, see the strides and everything that we've made, see the uh, successes that we've had, you know, see where we have moved forward um, and not allow people to hold us back. So everything that was written, it was written you know, in the past so that we can learn from those particular things. And what they don't want us to do is to learn from the past. They want to keep, <laughs> they want to keep us in the past, you know, but we have to make sure that we move forward. So um, I just wanted to share that. Does that and make America great again? Hmm. <laughs> uh, mm, I wonder what that means. Yeah, yeah, really. Over there on the right. <laughs> oh man. So I'm, I'm here um, again. So, I want to thank everyone for, for tuning in. I uh, greatly appreciate you guys joining us. Um, and again, we, we're going to continue to have these conversations. Um, we, again, we have a long way to go, you know, as far as this country is concerned, but we have made strides, but we still have a long way to go. And we want to thank you guys for joining us. We want to thank you for just being a part. And again, if you have any uh, questions, if you have want to shoot us an email, um, you want to be a part of the show, you know, you're certainly welcome to do that at any time. Send us an email and we will certainly uh, look at, you know, when we can come up with a, a great time that you can be on the show or 
whatever questions you have that we'll make sure that we give you the right answer. You know, regardless of what that answer is, we'll give you the right answer. You know, so again, I'll let Dr. Cindy Banya give you a, a shout out as far as how you can support our local media. That's right. Thank you so much for tuning in to Now You Know with Howard Sapp. I've been your co-host, Dr. Cindy Banier, and this is brought to you by Big Mouth Media. You can follow follow everything we have on Big Mouth Media on our website at BigMouthMediaFL.com. You can subscribe to Now You Know for $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year, and that helps us keep this going and providing you with high-quality content from the continuously under siege state of Florida. You can support all of our Big Mouth Media shows with a everything package for $19.99 a month or $199 a year. And again, that helps us keep producing this independent media in Florida. So thanks for joining us here on Now You Know with Howard Sapp, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.